folks welcome into a brand new episode of crossing swords it's your boy ty b here and i'm joined by dj supreme and down on the aisle we have cats but first we gotta give a shout out to one of our biggest sponsors amherst pizza and ale house the place to be for all sabers games seven dollar pictures of molson and miller light during all games half price medium one topping pizzas and the place to be for the fury fight coming up here and supreme how great was it the last time we were there for the for the fights oh it's just an awesome place to watch a fight we were there for cowboy versus mcgregor uh it was a wild fight in itself but the atmosphere was great for the entire fight you know leading into it uh you get the great drink and food specials Gonna have the wrecking crew in the house for Wilder Fury 2 this Saturday evening. Uh, make sure to head over there for not just the Sabres games, but also the fights uh, that they've been so kind to put on. You know, not not many places in the Buffalo area, you know, put those fights live over all their TVs. But Amherst Pizza and Owl House, definitely the place to be this Saturday. And they offer up door prizes for everyone who comes in, a chance to win an autographed pair of boxing gloves. Bye, baby Joe Macy. You can meet him as well and thank him for signing them. Maybe get a picture with them and, you know, talk about these fights. It's going to be a big one here with Wilder. That might be where my money is, but it's a little early yet. I haven't decided fully. But now it's time to get into the Sabres. They brought a lot of hope to some of these people. Shout out Wayne Bretzky. He was pulled back in, but it's still the Sabres. You had that three-game win streak there after dropping a couple bad games, especially that one with the Red Wings in the shootout. You beat the Rangers, and then you lose to the Ducks, and then you find, you avenge that loss there to the Red Wings. You beat the Blue Jackets in that big home win against the Maple Leafs and lay a complete dud up in Ottawa and uh, the Canadian capital supreme. <laughs> what are you just thinking about this team right now? Because... I I didn't I didn't buy in. I I mean it, they gave us just enough hope with that Blue Jackets win, and then hearing some of the stories and seeing some of the footage that our own Degenerate Al and producer Burrs were able to get down at that Toronto game. I mean Al was saying that he had more fun at that game than he's had in in some time. So you, you feel like there's a bit of an energy, there's a bit of an optimism. All oh, the Sabres, they're only four games out. They got the game in hand. They're going into Ottawa, you know, the second worst team in the Eastern Conference. And what do they do? They take a lead and they blow it promptly before the end of the first period. Totally suck the momentum out of everything. And, it, you know, it, it all kind of started with a, uh, a non-call or well, it was a call, but it wasn't the call that they should have made, in my opinion. Yep. The Johansson breakaway in the first period. Um, Kruger was had his hands up over at the bench, wondering why it wasn't a penalty shot, along with probably everyone else who's a Sabres fan who's watching the game. Uh, that was really the turning point in that game, in my opinion, because uh, then Ottawa puts one in. They put a shorty in, and that you know sort of opens the floodgates for their scoring, and you know, we, we could be looking back at the end of the season saying, like, man, that was that was the game and that was the moment where the Sabre season effectively ended. Because now we're back 10 points out of a playoff spot. Uh, you know, we're, we're 
closer, you know, we're, we're 10 points away from being the second worst team in the league too. And with Jason Botterill not seeming to want to do anything this season, not that there's much he can do with the lack of talent on the current roster. Uh, you know, we're in limbo again as Buffalo Sabres fans and you, you can't help feeling like you're part of that State Farm commercial with the, you know, the old guy with the fishing rod, dollar bill on the end, and we just, you know, dollar bills the playoffs. And we're, oh, oh, we're so close. Oh, oh, we can't get it. And that's where we're at right now, yeah. once again. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not worried about dollar bills no more. I wasn't, I wasn't flinched on that one. I'm by my Benjis, you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, it, I don't know. It was an interesting point you brought up about that penalty shot that they didn't call there. Um, I thought it definitely should have been a penalty shot. But Ottawa is probably the most comfortable team on the penalty kill this season. I believe that ended up being their 12th uh, shorthanded goal of the year, which leads the NHL. Last year, they only had four. It's a weird stat that kind of fluctuates back and forth year to year, um, sort of like turnovers in football. But the Senators have figured it out right now how to score shorthanded. And uh, they just made Carter Hutton look just unwell all night he seemed to be diving all over just never in position um him sliding across a crease missing his posts a couple times and just getting caught out it, it just it was sort of a lackluster performance all around after you get that great start with those two goals from brandon montour just absolute rifling the puck from you know as soon as he gets that feed from risto like a great shot things we've needed all year from this team um especially from that point being able to put the puck actually on that um and you just you just lay a complete dud there you can't get fully back into that game um and and in the third you just let yourself down you can't you can't scratch and claw back it, it's just reminiscent of these same couple you know seasons because guess what this core of the roster is the same you look at it from top down you add you know one or two guys here and there but guys who are playing out of position like marcus johansson who's playing center he's he's definitely more well suited to play at wing and colin miller he's been in and out of your lineup so these things aren't changing all that much from what you've had as a status quo the past two or three seasons and we've seen not much progression from anyone um, besides, you know, adding Victor Olofsson to the lineup. And it's interesting that, you know, he hasn't scored very much for 5v5, but Jack's scoring numbers are way up, and I think a lot of that is because people are, are having to respect Olofsson's shot so much, it's opening up a ton of lanes for him, Supreme. How do you feel about that? Oh, I totally agree with that point, and I feel like the 5v5 scoring will come for a guy like Olofsson who, who just has a a knack for finding the back of the net. I, uh, I think with him um, having him back in the lineup, if you felt that initial boost and that lift when he came back, uh, and I believe was it the Columbus game where he came back and correct me if I'm wrong, but he had the game winner in that overtime uh, session. I, you know, I, I, with Olsen, with Skinner, yeah, he did. Those are two that. guys yep. you love to have in your lineup. You're not. You're not any better off with them out of the lineup. Um, but with a guy like Skinner and a guy like Olsen, I think that they're very similar in the sense that it, it really depends on who's playing on their line. Where Jack Eichel, 
He has been on a scoring tear this season and putting up career numbers and one of the best goal scorers in the league. But he's also incredible with setting up others in his assists. So, you know, really until we find a guy like that, because you're not going to find another Jack Eichel out there, you know, certainly not a dime a dozen type players. But until we find that second line center Hmm. who can help set up Hmm. either Skinner or Olsen, we're, you know, we're we're yeah. going to be where we it's are. Almost, it's, it's almost it's, like we pushed so one out of town. It's very weird. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. we had it and yeah. we got mad yeah. at someone who cared so much that losing that much made him dislike playing the game he loved, which is extremely relatable. Think about how many fans right now are completely out of touch with this team right now have lost the love of the NHL and the Sabres and their fandom because of these consecutive losing seasons over and over. And it's just taken a toll on them. It's the same thing that happened to Ryan O'Reilly and we pushed him out, out of town. And we all know, we all know what happened. It's just at this point, after everything you have, the blues paying a second round pick, uh, to get Marco Scandella after we just traded him away for a fourth round pick, it's it's just we're the laughing stock of the NHL right now, and that's saying something with everything that's gone on with the Senators over the past few seasons. It it's just unbelievable how things can't get corrected here right now, and we just want you know some sort of move to show we have a pulse and we're trying to make smart hockey decisions. And speaking of looking for a pulse, time to go across the aisle. Cats, is Lou Lamorello alive? He made one deal, but it might have killed him. Folks, yeah, uh, Lou Lamorello has shown a pulse, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, trading away at defenseman David Quinville and a 2021 second-round pick to the New Jersey Devils for their captain, Andy Green. In his first game as a New York Islander, he immediately makes an impact by getting a primary assist on Anthony Bavillier's tipping, but it was not enough to beat the Arizona Coyotes that night. And speaking of games out west, the boys had a horrendous four-game losing streak. Two goals, four games. Uh, there's no pulse coming whatsoever from any of the forwards. We got some injuries now. We got Casey Sezikas out for a few more weeks. Cal Clutterbuck is, uh, I believe, now skating again. And now Broussard went went down with an injury yesterday. Uh, Something's got to give, Lou. Trade deadline's coming up. And we're just looking to see if he's got a few more moves up his sleeve. Yeah, obviously, it's another team who has to make a move. You're right there on the brink of the playoffs. And the Sabres are fading from there. And we wish we were there. You got to see the team played live uh, down there in Tampa. What were you seeing with them then, and how do you feel now? Because that was a tough road swing. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Bay is a, a beautiful city to watch a game in. Um, but the the team showed lots of tons of aisles in that game there too. Tons, yes. Uh, we we ended up flying in around like nine in the morning and going right down the Clearwater for lunch and then headed right into downtown. And 
I believe we went to this place called Harry Harpoons, and there was maybe a couple hundred Isles fans just um, overpowering that third deck of the bar, and it was great, great atmosphere, and we, I believe the team's got a, a really good uh, away fan base here. Uh, there's always tons of fans traveling to the games, um, but other than that, the team showed some urgency in the first period. Matt Barzell had that late goal in the first period, and it got called back for an offsides. Uh, it is what it is. And after that, they were just outshot, outplayed, and out hockeyed the whole game. That's a tough Tampa Bay team. I believe they were running a, a win streak of maybe 10 or 11 games at that point. But what a, what a tough game. But it was still fun to see the boys play. Yeah, the Lightning are an absolute wagon right now and you don't want to run into them they're just defeating everyone you put in their path um they've even had a couple minor injuries but you know they're still grinding and they're they're looking to actually catch the boston bruins right now to take that first spot in the atlantic division and i think that's going to happen everyone was worried about their play early on but you've seen them correct things i mean it's easy to correct things when you go home after these long road trips uh, during the winter to Toronto and Buffalo and you come back down and it's 70 and sunny, it, it's easy. And I think that's a great road trip for any fan to make. And I think that's something that Supreme and I are probably going to have to do to go see the Sabres next year because I, it's a pretty beautiful arena too from what I've seen. Yeah, it definitely looks like it. And just to interject, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning on an 11-game tear there. 10-0-0 in the last 10, obviously. And, Ty B, you mentioned that Tampa Bay struggled early on. Uh, but maybe maybe if we travel in the time machine back over to uh, over to Europe when certain Victor Hedman came back in the lineup and they mm-hmm. trounced the Sabres in back-to-back games, that was ultimately what got them out of their funk early in the season was the Buffalo Sabres. So, Tampa Bay fans, you're welcome. Uh, our woes are turning into your benefit. And, I mean, they, they, yeah, with with the production that they've been putting up as of late, I say it every year, the teams who get hot in February and March are the ones who go deep. And I would be shocked if Tampa Bay doesn't go, you know, a few rounds into the playoffs this year with the way that they're playing currently. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone says that every year, but you look and you see what happens, and you never know as soon as you get late into the season and you get into those playoffs because anyone can beat anyone any day. We saw that last season. We saw what the Islanders did when they got there. But Cats right now, looking at this playoff race, what team are you most worried about? The all of them honestly you you had you had Pittsburgh with those injuries early on in the season still tearing it up Washington Capitals are uh, a force in the playoffs and then you know the Metro's going to put in five out of the eight teams most likely again into the playoffs and I'm just hoping that the boys get there because uh, I believe that we can definitely get in and win around and then figure it out after that Definitely don't want to see Pittsburgh in that first round, no matter what. Yeah, it'll be interesting, though. But looking at that wild card race, you're right there, 72 points. 
The Canes are down there. The Blue Jackets are there, 73. Flyers only at 75. The Florida Panthers are at 70. It's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see the way this plays out because you have a lot of teams there vying for, you know, two spots. Supreme, who do you like to get those two wild card positions? Because I, you know, I think even if the Maple Leafs, you know, fall out of that third spot, they still end up into the playoffs. I think either of those two teams, you know, in the Atlantic, you know, figure their way. And it's just going to be a slobber knocker there in the Metro. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, I mean, I like, I like Carolina, and I do like the Islanders. I mean, I, I think Toronto sneaks into that third spot in the Atlantic, as you had mentioned. Um, I think that if the Isles can find their way into putting some pucks in the back of the net, I mean, they've had some some very good defense throughout the season. You know, both the, the proper defense and their and their netminders, both of them playing really well statistically speaking. So, I don't know. I like I like them going in. I I'd like I don't know. I, I Carolina, obviously we hate them for what they did to us back in the day, but you know, 15 years ago now. But I, it, it seems like they have sort of a, a really good time with the game, and it's it's almost the complete opposite of a place like Buffalo to be playing hockey right now, where they're just having so much fun. It seems night in night out, especially in the home games. Um, whereas Buffalo is a bit of a black hole in terms of hockey energy at the moment. Yeah, and something interesting about the Hurricanes, they're sitting right there tied with the Islanders, but the Hurricanes have a plus 29 goal differential. The Islanders are only plus six. And you look at the Blue Jackets, who are ahead of both them, although they do have three games at hand, their goal differential is actually only even. So it's very interesting to see the way that the Hurricanes are losing these games, it seems to be, you know, close losses. Um, and I think that, you know, they're going to figure things out to get into the playoffs there. And for me, you know, it comes down to the Islanders, Blue Jackets, and Panthers. And if the Panthers end up moving on for uh, Trocheck, what do they end up receiving for him? Is it something that can help them make a run? Um, do they believe... You know, they need just like a scoring forward or an extra defenseman. What do they really want? Um, so we'll see the way, you know, this trade deadline plays out. We're less than a week out now. And I, if if I'm a betting man, I'm cats. I'm sorry. I, I would take the Panthers over over the Islanders, to be honest. I think they have a little bit more of a complete team and, I think they're going to be able to get it done when when it really matters. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, as of late, the boys' play is just—it's boring and lazy. They can't find the back of the net. It's almost not watching anymore. And you know, I, I and I'm still going to the game on Sunday because you know, coming back from that tough west coast trip the boys need the fans they are rocking and rolling at the barn i believe they are retiring john tonelli number 27 on friday night number going up in the rafters uh i'm sure that's going to be a sellout lots of nostalgic feelings going on there back in the cup days and they're playing the red wings the worst team in the show with you know not even 20 wins yet and that is a game that they need to take control of just like they did after losing to the Rangers, I believe it was 62. They went on and beat 
the Red Wings like eight to three the following game. This is something that they need to bounce back from. Forget about it. Make it the trade that Forget line. about it. Yeah, forget about it. Hopefully they find the gobble and get some points in down the stretch here because the you know, trade deadline's coming up. Hopefully some moves can be made. We're hoping we got the picks, we got the players ready to go. Prospect pool is just fine. Um but yeah, it's gonna be real interesting down the stretch here and I am all here for it. Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. The Blue Jackets have lost seven straight, the Islanders have lost four straight. But, yeah, the Islanders probably should be this team that's going to snap out of this losing skid quicker. You got you got Detroit coming to the barn. That sounds to me like a home team and the over bet if you get down there to the sports lounge. Um, but, Supreme, back to the Sabres here a little bit. What are your feelings here about the Scandella dealings? Because it's... It, I don't know. It's interesting to hash out. Yeah, I don't know. I You never like to see something like this happen, and, you know, no matter which team you're a fan of, seeing, you know, you moving a guy for a fourth-round pick, you know, and then getting a player back, you know, sort of in transient. Because of that, then that same player gets moved for a second round pick months later, um, you know, to a team that is <laughs> basically sort of a, a fleeced us in terms of getting most of our talented players in the St. Louis Blues. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially in a season like this, in, you know, with, with the front office showing so much dysfunction. And with Jason Botterill not really being able to make any moves, but it I, not not to play devil's advocate here because I have not been a huge fan of Botterill since he's taken over the team. I think he had the right intentions with the moves that he has made, but they just have simply not panned out um, with with the O'Reilly trade being the biggest and you know the, the most impactful of them all. But when we're talking about it, he's not going to move Eichel. He's not going to move Dalene. He's not. He, he probably doesn't want to move Reinhardt. And aside from that, like, what, what sort of opportunity does he have? I mean, I'm sure that he was trying to put in some work to move a guy like Zach Bogosian, who openly stated that he did not want to play in Buffalo any longer. And then we had to place him on waivers because it, apparently nobody wanted him. So, like, at a certain point, I mean, you have to say, like, okay, is he not doing anything because he's, you know, being Darcy Regeer-esque and just likes his players too much? I don't think that's the case. I just think he has a lot of, you know, underperforming players on our current roster that he can't really deal for anything attractive enough to, to, you know, where, where the juice would be worth the squeeze. To move a guy and it, unfortunately we're aside from being stuck in a big playoff drought we like our prospect pool does not look good coming up from the minor leagues and we're just stuck waiting for some of these underperforming contracts and bad contracts to get off of our books before we can do anything about it and that's just i 
I mean, it's it's depressing to talk about and think about right now. Ty B, how do you feel? Yeah, you definitely got a little further down the rabbit hole than I expected on that, but you're you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, I mean, looking at the prospect pool, you're going to need some of these college guys to really pan out, whether it's uh, Jacob Bryson, Will Borgen. You're going to need some, you know, solid NHL players out of those guys. Maybe, you know, you could get have something out of, like, Ogilvy. Uh, <laughs> it looks like um, – I can't think of the guy's name, but there's going to be one um, big college free agent guy this year, UFA, um, that you know maybe you can potentially go out and sign after the season ends for him. But um, you're really you really don't have much top end talent. Like what's Casey Middlestat gonna fetch? Like you saw what Alex Nylander just got you. It got you Yuki Haru. Obviously, he seems to be a good player, but when you really look at things. Um, it, it was at the time it was really like face value. It's two guys who've kind of underperformed and what they expected. So can it get you, you know, maybe someone else back who ends up working out better than him? Maybe, but maybe he, yeah, no one else wants him and it's completely all the way around with the rest of this team. And that's something that I think Bottrell definitely has to struggle with because if every common Sabres fan knows that these guys analytics numbers aren't good I think the rest of the NHL knows that and I don't know like no matter how much you it doesn't matter how much makeup you put on a pig it's still a pig and I think you kind of have you know that same thing with the Islanders right now where you can you know you can try to sell that lineup however it is but that is not an offensively inclined lineup and Lou is trying to play you know that old devil style of hockey where you're gonna trap and you're gonna play sound defensively and hope to win two to one yeah those low scoring games aren't gonna cut it in the playoffs you know you need that offense that's gonna roar in four in a blink of an eye sometimes and as of late, you know, if you didn't work for Lou, you ain't going to be on the aisles. As You know, with the last two acquisitions, Matt Martin and Andy Green. <laughs> Next. Who's up? Yeah, you're going to have to add can. something offensively. Like, yeah. it's the same thing with the Sabres right now. And you got to do something that's going to create scoring. And you see the aisles are in the market for basically the same thing that the Sabres are. A true second center. They added Broussard, but that wasn't really enough. A lot of Sabres fans kind of talked about doing that move over the summer, and they were really for it, and I never really saw it. Don't think he was the guy to really carry a second line for us. And I don't know if you're extremely happy with what you've got out of him so far. You know, play watching him play on the Rangers, he, he always drew my attention at least. He was just a, an animal in the, on the dot, uh, on the center there. So, uh, it was good to see him, you know, uh, you know, advance that stat a little bit for the boys. Uh, but as of late, no, not really. Um, you know, we're not getting any forward from either or the top or the bottom six. And it's just frustrating. Like, I don't know. You know, we, we tried Kiefer Bellows out for a little bit. He, he came up and had a couple of great games and now he's just sitting 
again, and maybe it's just from a learning perspective from Bear. He's like, you just, you know, he sat him against Vegas, and that I completely understood. You know, he wanted the big boys to play. You saw Ross Johnson shimmy with Ryan Reeves from the opening faceoff, which was an absolute tilt. Gotta love that three seconds into the game. Who would have known? But we need scoring, and trade deadline's coming up, and we're linked to some pretty interesting players here. Chris Kreider, J.G. Peugeot, um, Anthony Duclair, and I did see a few things on Twitter today about Johnny Gaudreau. That's not I Pipe there. dreams, baby. Wow. He already put the Calgary Flames right back into his profile. Way to shoot my dreams down, Ty B. Um, so, I mean, you never know what could happen. His name's kind of been out there for a little while, but with the Flames in the spot they are right now, uh, we'll see. Um, it could definitely be interesting. But one name I've been seeing linked with the Sabres that I think is very intriguing and I think would really help the team Um a lot of old school fans really clamor for more physical play, um, and he would bring it. But he offers a lot of scoring upside. Max Domi, Supreme. What are your thoughts? Well, I would love to have Max Domi in the lineup. I mean, he offers so much upside, and he's a young guy. Um, you know, he can he can build around moving forward. Uh, I just. <sighs> I don't know. It seems too good to be true in terms of what we're what, like. Buffalo is not an attractive place to play, even when we're doing well. Um, I could see Domi. I don't know if there's been any correlation to a team like the Islanders or, you know, something of that nature. Because I feel like all these same guys that I would love to plug and play on the Sabres would be far more likely to go to a team like the Islanders right now where you, you have an opportunity to to be successful and do what you do well, and they they don't need much to get over that hump. They just need more scoring. So I think it, it – I would love it. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Uh, but it's uh, – you know, definitely would be of interest to me. Oh, I would make a move for him in a heartbeat – a guy who last year they were so sold on in Montreal, um, put up 72 points a career high, um, which his career high before that he put up his rookie season uh, back in 2015-16 with 52 points. He struggled after that, 38-59 and then 45-82. and 82. And Arizona moved on from him, and it looked like Montreal really got the better upside of that trade. Uh, and then... This year, now they're all trying to get rid of him, only shooting at an 8.6%. And I think, you know, that's a little bit of where that is. That'll bounce back some. Um, his career shooting percentage is around 10%. So, you know, you get, give me five more goals out of that. And, you know, you're at 29 goals. You put them with Jack on a line. And,. That assist total is going up too, so I would totally do that in a heartbeat. And I think that'd be a great addition too for the Isles Cats. Yeah, Matt, Max Domi would um, fit in well with with the top six there on a lot of Barzell. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you want to compare him to playing well, Eichel, uh, Barzell's right up there too. He just needs mm-hmm. someone to dish him the puck in the right area, and vice versa. And those two guys can uh, put up points for the boys, and that's exactly what we need. We just need somebody to come in, get Lee off that first line. What the hell is he doing? He just sits in front of the net, and he just, you know, that big body of his. I mean, that's not a, it's not a bad place to be, but he's not putting the puck in the back of the net. So we got to try something else, and. And hope, hopefully, uh, I'm really digging Peugeot. He he's having a really good year this year. Uh, I'm a little wary though; it could be a fluke. But the year that he's having, he's you know 24 goals, 16 assists, for 40 points. Uh, I think he would fit in well with the boys. Um, maybe going down the stretch there on the power play with Barzal, and then of course centering that third line. Yeah, and he's someone who scores a lot um, at the even strength. It's a lot of his points at the even strength. Um, and he's able to, you know, play that physical game and play a little grimier than most, which is huge, especially once you get into the playoffs because it's not just about scoring. Then you're actually going to have to play some defense. You're going to face, you know, that 100, 110% from these guys. And I'm just dreaming of when the Sabres get back there. I don't even know why I'm talking about it, Supreme, but it. Is it even possible? Can they make it? Can they do it? Next year, maybe. I mean, I just, I, I think after that Ottawa loss on Tuesday, it was, you, you could stick a fork in them. And it's painful to say that. I mean, I, I would, I think that the Sabres are more likely to start unloading some people, even if it's for a below market rate return. Just knowing it for Bottero is a last ditch effort to try and save his job. That's that's my gut feel. If anything happens at the trade deadline, I feel like it's going to be more along those lines and sort of a look towards the future because it, I mean, five games out with you know some tough matchups coming for the rest of the season. I mean, we're it's, there's still plenty of hockey left to be played, but my goodness, it's. It's one step forward, two steps back. It's how the whole season's gone, and you know it's, it's it's painful to say. I think I've finally come to grips with the fact that you know we're not a playoff team, even if we sneak in. Like, I, what would happen? I don't know. And I, I, it, it it's just it stinks. And you know it, to see it to see us sort of wasting some of Jack Eichel's prime right here. I know we still have him for several more years, but it's you know it, it, it's disheartening as a fan to think that the Buffalo Sabers, in a way, have turned into the Buffalo Bills of the the pre Josh Allen Buffalo Bills. Let's say. Yeah, it it's very tough right now. But before I give my final thoughts, cats, let's hear it. What does Lou got to do here with the trade deadline looming to get the boys into the yoffs and make a run at the cup? Lou's got to find the gobble That's what he's got to find here. Uh, we're hoping, you know, we got the first we got the first round pick. We secured our second round pick for this year with the Andy Green trade. Notice how he did that. Gave it for 2021, not a 2020. Uh, we've got players on the block we've got the prospects i'm thinking in a perfect world i believe 
for right now, uh, I was teeter-totter. I know I talked about J.G. Peugeot, but I'm going to talk about Chris Kreider now. I believe if we go after Chris Kreider, it's going to be for a player like Michael Delcall, the first-round pick that turns into the second round if he resigns. So there's that conditional. And then give him a uh, give him maybe like Joshua Hosang down on the farm. Ooh, I, I can see that. I can see that happening. Um, and especially, you know, that inner New York move. Okay, I like to see that. You know, the city working together. You know, there's nothing wrong with keeping the boroughs happy. But nope, I don't think Sabres fans are going to be happy as this trade trade deadline ends. You don't have very much to give up right now, whether it's in your farm system or you know rostered players. You don't have, you know, many guys on, you know, one-year contracts that anyone wants to take. Maybe Johan Larson. I can see them, you know, possibly making a deal on that. And an actual contender seeing some value with him in a third, fourth-line role. I think he can actually do a little bit more on a good team surrounded by a couple more skilled guys or at least um, some guys with more experience that know what's going on. Um, but besides that, I I think the phones are going to be pretty much crickets for bots unless he's making a blockbuster, and that's highly unlikely in my eyes. We're looking ahead to next year, unfortunately, but let's make some moves. Let's do something, bots. Wake up. If not, someone else will do your job. Someone else will make this team better. So from DJ Supreme, Cats down in Long Island, and myself, Ty B, let's go, Sabres? Question mark? Because they're just as close to the lottery bottom? I don't know. Ah, so conflicted.